Welcome to another episode of Age of Geek. I'm Jake. I'm Marley. And we have with us again, special guest, Larry. Welcome to the show again. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm always impressed. Impressed. I'm always delighted to be part of this impressive show. Well, thank Yay. you. Well, we're always glad to have you. Uh, you've always been a great guest for us in the past. And today I'm excited because we are talking about Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. And uh, you're you're kind of a Lord of the Rings expert, Larry. You're probably the biggest expert I know personally. You know, that's um, scary, right? You know, like, <laughs> I, would, I would definitely tell people I am I'm not an expert. Like I'm not a I'm not a like a language expert and I'm not like, 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 I don't know. I couldn't teach a course, but I do have opinions and they're informed and mm -hmm. I have a depth of experience. But what I really think, well, and the other sort of thing, the reason I'm even allowing myself to be on your podcast, I also have a storytelling background and a writing background. So, so I come with some information of that. And I've met, met many, 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 many people associated with Lord of the Rings. And that includes fans and literally like kind of all over the world. So I feel like I've had a lot of conversations about Lord of the Rings and some of those with experts. So I've yeah. rubbed shoulders with those people, with genuine experts, right? So some of that rubbed off. Well, whether whether or not an expert, I at least can say you're, I don't know that there's anybody more passionate that I know about lord of the rings than you well and i hope i'm reasonably informed as well like, yeah you are yeah. more I, than us in the conversations that i've well and and informed but also like very respectful a lot of times in fandoms now people who feel like they're very well informed kind of look their noses down at people who aren't and i've never gotten that impression with you larry not even once well i man i if thank you first of all and if i ever gave that impression to you or anyone I, I'm just a big believer, like fandom of any kind, um, you know, age of geek or whatever, it should improve lives, not detract from them. And it should improve like dialogue and friendships, not detract from them. or else we're doing it wrong. It should, yeah. be, it should be a positive every time. Yeah, I agree. Fandom should be welcome, welcoming and, and open to anybody that's interested, regardless of what they've read or haven't read or seen and haven't seen and. Yeah, if you enjoy something, you're part of that panda fandom, no problem. So you do uh, have very cool Tolkien stuff behind your head up there, Jake. I do. These these are Aww. my Lord of the Rings posters. They're very cool. Well, thank you. We yeah. um we found them on Etsy, so I don't know how legit they are. That makes me nervous and but but they're they're nice looking and I like um, them. We've got over here on this side, you can't see. We've got a wall of smallish movie posters, and uh, I wanted the Lord of the Rings posters up there, and I found these on Etsy, and then realized they're not like the movie posters at all. Uh, and so uh, then we had to get the actual movie posters, and I just got to hang these yes. up in my office space instead. So I love it. It's a, a happy turn of events. So can I, I make? Know. Sorry, Marley, you keep talking. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I've got my trusty sword right here behind oh, me. And that's that's the that's the uh, sort of Elendil right there. So it's very cool. It's also very fake. So, you know, there's that. So you don't have the actual one? It's not a real sword. No, <laughs> it looks really no. nice. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, heavy, but it's 
duller than a, a letter opener. So well, you know. it's probably for the best, though, right? Like, uh, yeah, but it's not as fun. Well, I mean, if you need it, <laughs> if you get in a situation where you need a sword, I feel like I have some better things lying around. So yeah, maybe it's not the best thing. It's just it just sits there. <laughs> just to look awesome. Yes, awesome. <laughs> it's not as fun. Well, we. Fun. Rings of Power is why. Oh, we should talk first, Larry. You've got a new podcast coming out. You should probably tell people about that yeah. so they can go find it and listen to it. Because I'm excited for for when it comes out. Well, so thank you. Um, I I will try to be brief, but yeah, I um, the podcast is called Middle Earth Musings, and it is certainly I have some interest in Middle Earth. Uh, but really, I mean, some sure. But I seemed I I what I kind of am. We just the other thing I'm I'm not maybe an expert, but I might be a Tolkien journalist, like legit mm-hmm. Tolkien journalist. Yeah. And so there's many many conversations to be had about Middle Earth, um, authors and painters and writers and sculptors and special effects guys and actors and musicians and and I just want to talk to all those people and have talked to lots of those people. A lot of my recordings are in the can but i'm trying to get like you know new interviews with people but um like i have a peter jackson interview that's sitting on a shelf that no one's ever heard before what? a good hour long in his tent on the set of the hobbit in fact what? so that's yeah. amazing well sometime yeah. that'll be on the podcast oh, uh like and Ian mckellen as well so it's like those are just oh, oh just Ian McKellen, you know, no, no big, big deal. deal. <laughs> and then, you mean Sir Ian McKellen? That, that's the guy. Um, <laughs> and then since we're talking about sirs, I, I have interviewed and recorded and have ready to go Sir Richard Taylor. I don't know if you guys know who Richard Taylor is. He is the head of Weta Workshop in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you've watched the Lord of the Rings DVDs, the, all the extras, he's the very articulate guy who's in charge of props and makeup and weapons and prosthetics and probably more things i'm forgetting all the miniatures all the cool stuff and he's kind of amazing so that's yeah. awesome so, it sounds like a great podcast uh with, well, with the interviews that you've had and i'm excited to hear it so that's very exciting fingers crossed i mean you you brave souls have launched a podcast and done the work right and i'm just starting out and it's kind of scary it, it is, is. it is at first it's scary. You, yeah, you throw it out there and, you know, hopefully people listen and like it. And those are the two things you hope for. And, uh, but mostly I think at this point, I just enjoy doing them regardless of anybody listening or liking them. Yeah. So I was going to say this. It. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I'm like, you know, I just, I love doing it and I love talking to my friends and new friends about things that I love and passionate about. And that's all I need. <laughs> well, that's certainly good wisdom to pass on to a beginner such as myself mm-hmm. so i will take that to heart for sure yeah so. just enjoy but it it's hard to not want you know legions of people to listen to your stuff oh of course of course for sure and there's definitely those moments where somebody says oh i, I i've listened to your show and you're like really i don't know who you are you're not family or friends so that's kind of cool so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very cool that's a fun thing well, we're going to talk about the Rings of Power, and this has been kind of uh, a big deal, right? I mean, Amazon bought the rights to this uh, from the Tolkien estate, uh, and what they bought is a small chunk of 
Tolkien's work. Yeah. yeah. Like magic, I pulled out my Return of the King book. Well, I've got mine just behind here, so I'm ready oh, to go. Oh, do I need mine? It's no. on the other. It's on the other side of the room. But it's over plan. there. But yeah, it's over there. Like I, I don't think people get this, Jake. I like, and you just said something magic, so I hope I don't derail your podcast anymore. No. So this is one book of three, right? This is one right. of the three book set. So probably this fat, right? This part right here is the appendices in the back of the Return of the King. Right. Yes. And a lot of it is genealogy and yep. how to speak Elvish and not interesting for a TV show. Runes like that's not a TV that's this part it's not a TV show right there. Right. So and the other part the rest of the book this part and the other two volumes we've already seen in movies. So this is what they're really adapting and people believe incorrectly that they have the rights to the Silmarillion and they do, and they not. do not. I heard that. Yeah, I did hear that. But this is what the family sold. This part. Well, they sold the whole three books, right? But but that's all the old news. This yeah. is the part that really is a $250 million TV show. That's yep. insane. And 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 it's not just that they I mean, there are parts, I mean, there are things that they cannot they can't mention or depict at all. Yep. I think there's a pretty good relationship between the estate. I don't think. I know there is a pretty good relationship between the estate and the show. Mm -hmm. And they have had permission to do and borrow some things. So when the maps were released a couple of years ago, for sure, there were names on that map that are not in that portion of the book. Right. Right. And there are, there's some little things in the show that are definitely are from the Silmarillion, but I'm not I promise. I'm not name dropping. When I was on the Hobbit set, though, there's lawyers right there, right. right? So when they write, I mean, they weren't hanging out right there with me, but they were at, at the show. So when the script right. from the lawyers look at the scripts, make sure it's all Hobbit worthy, and then they send it to the other lawyers, like the other side's lawyers, to make sure that it's really okay because no one wants to get sued right. after you filmed it. You want to get, you want to take care of that ahead of time. So anything yeah. that's extra is carefully scrutinized by lawyers from two sides of the, from the estate and from the show from Amazon. So yeah, like you could, they've gotten away with a couple of things, but they're not about to frivolously like, Oh, we should just include whatever. They just can't, they just can't do it. Yeah. And I think that that's important too, because as involved as the estate has been they're they're not, I mean, as much as you may or may not like some of the choices they've made in the show, they haven't explicitly gone against the wishes of the estate. I mean, is, is that a fair statement? I would think that's... You're going to make me rant, Jake. I know. Um, not, not in a dissatisfied way, but I have a lot to say about that, actually. So Christopher Tolkien was J.R.'s oldest son, and he was kind of guardian of the estate, the literary executor, I believe it's called, for his lifetime. And he's by also the greatest Tolkien scholar that ever lived by a lot, like nobody's close. And there's mm -hmm. some great Tolkien scholars out and about. Um, so Christopher was pretty firmly in charge. And I talked, I'm sorry, sorry. I promise I'm not trying to name drop. I talked to a very, why we have you on the show. So please. 
in don't be sorry. Okay, I'll stop apologizing. In a conversation with a prominent Tolkien artist, one that's I don't I don't feel like I could say his name, but if I did, he's one of the Tolkien artists, right? There's right. Three or four or five. He said that he drew a scene uh, where there's a dragon who goes over a gorge, and there's a dude down there holding his sword, and the sword cuts the belly of the dragon. So he he sent his painting into like Christopher basically, but the estate at the time to make sure it's kosher. Mm-hmm. And Christopher sent it back and said, Oh, the steps in that goalie are on the wrong side. You have to fix it. Like he had them on one side and then they were on the other had side. Move them to the other side. That's how specific and exact Christopher protected his father's like belongings. And he could have made more money. The whole Tolkien family could have made more money had they been more liberal, right? Like, sure, right. Disneyland, open the Mines of Moria roller coaster or whatever. Right, they I'd line up for that, for sure. So Christopher retired. And right before he retired, like months before he retired, they made the Amazon deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it never would have happened previously. It was Christopher's way of like, okay, I did what I could do and He's now passed on. He was also, uh, I don't want to overstate it, but I think it's fair to say he was not getting along with his son, Simon Tolkien, who mm-hmm. is kind of in charge now. But they did make up before Christopher passed. And they made up, I, if I have my timing right, a little bit before this Amazon deal. And so now we're in a new era of the Tolkien estate where the estate is willing to be like, yeah, you can give us $250 million and make your show. We'll be on board for that. Yeah. Uh, in- and while we're just one more thing, that'll be quiet. Mm-hmm. No. If this portion of that book is worth $250 million, what is the Silmarillion worth? Like, oh, it, how yeah. much would a company pay? Because you have, t- you have 20 seasons of content in the Silmarillion. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. it's. A billion dollars? Yeah, I would say it's probably close to a billion. Definitely. Just to get the rights. So, yeah. The estate's in a good spot, I would say. Yeah, they are. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good family to be a part of, the Tolkien family. So, well, but I think it's interesting because that's been a big, big point of debate, though, is, you know, what is canon, what is allowed, what isn't allowed. And I think it's important to kind of set that parameter right at the beginning as we talk about it, because I think that sets your mindset as you go into the show, because that's been a lot of the complaints and I get the complaints. I'm not, I don't want this to feel like we're dismissing anybody's complaints or gripes with the show that are legitimate complaints and gripes with the show. If you're a fan of any work and it gets adapted It is your subjective feeling whether or not you like that adaptation or not. And there are Mm -hmm. valid reasons to like it and valid reasons not to. And that's totally fair and fine. Um, And what I don't like is the potential there to say, well, now because of this, I'm a better fan than you and you're an awful fan because you did like it or whatever. I think it's just important to be respectful of anybody's opinion on that. But I think it's important for me, it was important to understand what exactly are they adapting before I went into the show? Because that explains a lot of the, the licenses that they've had to take to fill in the holes in the story or to make the story even a season long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that you kind of have that, you know, kind of thoughtful 
preparation as you were going into the show, because like for me, I was just like, I know I love Lord of the Rings and I know we've come a long way since then. And Amazon prime, like, you know, I've seen other shows that they've done and it's like, yeah, they've got the budget. They've got, you know, the quality. And so I'm like, you know what, I'm just here for the ride and whatever they do. Like, cause I, I probably read the appendices or scanned through the appendices at some point in my life. It's been a while I've not read the Silmarillion either. Um, I think I tried once and it was like, uh, I don't know what's going on. And I just put it off to the side. I have a copy of it. Um, But, you know, I, yeah, for sure. And so I just was like, you know, I don't know where they're going to go with this show. Um, I know Galadriel's in it. So there's a familiar name, you know, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm just excited to see what comes out of it and kind of what, what, what we get between when this show starts and then what we know of what happens in the Lord of the Rings at the beginning of that, you know? So I was just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. And, but then of course, as I was watching the show, um, I had questions that would come up. So I would go on the internet and look it up and I learned so much more and I'm like, this makes so much more sense. And so that's when I, you know, kind of dived deeper too into finding out that, um, that the rights was only like the appendices and like some other small little things, you know? And so I'm like, that's makes so much more sense as to why the show, the producers made certain decisions, even about some characters, you know, like I'm, I'm sure we'll go into it, but like Halbrand, for example. Yeah. Well, the show's even called the Lord of the Rings. And the reason it's called that is that's where it came from. Mm -hmm. It came from the Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it, oh, go ahead, Larry. Well, I just did. I just, I think I know. I think you guys just explained. So both of you generally liked the show. It sounds mm-hmm. like, like you're both like cool. I yeah. loved it. I'll be honest. Like even like from the beginning, I know some people and including my husband, he was very like, okay, like this show, I'm not sure where this is going. It, Production wise, everything looks pretty and it looks cool, but I'm like, no, this is great. You know, and I'm just like, I loved it from beginning to end, I'll be honest. So I I enjoyed it overall, but there are definitely parts of it where they made some interesting choices that I'm mm-hmm. not sure I like yet. Uh there's one that until we get the full revelation, I'm I'm not sure what I'm gonna think of it. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about that one, but I know exactly what you're talking about, Jake. So just in some conversations we've had off air. <laughs> yeah. I, I think oh. that there's, there's a lot that they got right, but I can also see some things like, so, so help me if Galadriel's husband, Celeborn is dead or anything that's not alive. Like, that's just not right. Like he's yeah. gotta be around. Like, where they, is he? Well, she doesn't know. He's just, he's either dead or lost somewhere. Cause like we and see she doesn't him. seem bothered by it. That is what bothered me the most is it was like, yeah. She casually mentioned it, didn't she? Yeah. And right. I like, I forgot about that. Like I thought that was still to come because you know, in, in, is it the fellowship of the ring when we meet them in Lothlorien? Yes. Yeah. And, and they're there and you're just like, so I know this is a thing, but then in rings of power, you're like, why did she so casually mention um, Celebrim? No, Celeborn. Celeborn. 
Kelleborn. Kellebrimbor's the other guy. Yes. Names. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's this guy for people who don't remember. Where is Gandalf? For yeah. I much desire to speak with him. He's that kind of weird guy in Fellowship. Yeah. Yes, Kelleborn. Yes. Not my favorite depiction of him in Fellowship of the Ring, anyway. Uh, but he's an important character. I mean, if nothing else, without him, you don't get Elrond's wife because he marries their daughter, and that means you don't get Arwen. And I like Arwen. I want to get Arwen eventually. Yes, Elrond marries Galadriel's daughter. There's an yeah. age difference. It's fine. Yeah, age differences are obviously different in elf land yes 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 uh yes yeah it is weird it, it is tiny weird though that like they're good friends elrond mm -hmm. and, and then i don't know do you marry your good friend's daughter not usually but yeah that's pure tolkien that's not the show that's pure tolkien yeah yeah i don't <laughs> know it's a it's but again it i don't i don't know that we as men and women people can understand how that works in elvish culture and things like which sounds like we're talking about it like it's real but it is very well thought out and so i i don't know it's just a different yeah. mindset oh, yeah, when you live sure. thousands and thousands of years it's just different does it matter yeah does age matter what's a 500 year age gap in a solid relationship <laughs> i mean yeah. yeah i don't i don't know no judgment Nothing. either certainly <laughs> we can't we can't um we can't hold the fictitious elves that don't exist to real world like humans who do exist who live for 80 years. So yeah, really? exactly. Although oh, that, that was one of my favorite things in the show is when he and oh man, I forgot the dwarf's name. Now I'm really embarrassed. Durin. Uh Durin. Oh, Durin. three and now Durin. I feel really yeah, oh. yeah, during during the fourth, uh, as he's talking with him and He's like, yeah, it's been 20 years since you were here. He's like, oh, has it only been 20 years? Like, just getting that juxtaposition between the two characters was really cool because they, mm -hmm. they don't dive into that very often. But, like, elves are kind of jerks to people who live a lot less than them because, like, oh, if we're gone for a hundred, couple hundred years, not a big deal. But it is when you're only alive for 80 years. Mm -hmm. so, it's true. It's true. My so so Sorry. Larry, Larry, did you, what, what was your kind of overall feeling of the show that well, did you like it or first, let me say that like, I'm really glad you liked it. Like, I'm so glad for that. Like, and, and this show has really, it's a real challenge, right? Because, mm -hmm. um, like it, it, the audience is all over the place. The audience is like, you know, my cousin who watch the Lord of the Rings films twice and then turns in to watch the Amazon Lord of the Rings and doesn't know what's going on at all. And then you who've read the books more and maybe thumb through the Silmarillion once. And then anyway, there's the audiences. Mm -hmm. all things. varies. It's, it's really because really it's been around for so long. Yep. And there's lots of generations and different approaches and mm -hmm. it's really hard. Um, and like, so I, I have housemates and uh, more than once they were like, oh, I know you're not going to like that part, but they like that part, right? That's <laughs> the thing. Uh, and, and there might be some disadvantage to knowing Tolkien too well for the show. Mm -hmm. But I could see that. But the guys making the show 
definitely know their token. They may make choices around that, but they are whatever mistakes they made are not made from ignorance, I would say. They really do know their token. Mm-hmm. So what was your question before I got off track? Did you did you like the show then? Like what well, did what did what was your overall opinion of it? Well, I'll be watching five seasons for sure, right? It's, which is all that Amazon cares about. And I almost want to talk about the business model of Amazon, but I will resist. Um, <laughs> That's our other podcast. Well, it, it, it's fascinating because they want you to watch that. They also want you to buy Hobbit feet. Yeah, like, like there's. Yeah, they, they can merchandise anything. And so they want you, so they're going to merchandise everything to you. Yeah. And sell it to you. They, they know you watch the show. And then, and you, and the next time you're shopping on Amazon.com to buy house slippers, they're going to slip in the Hobbit foot house slippers. Cause they and then I'm going to, then I'm going to buy them because I do want Hobbit feet house slippers. I mean, that they know that I want it. So yeah. Netflix, Netflix doesn't get to do that. Right. Like right. They, it's a whole different business model for Amazon. And so, different the way they measure success is different too i don't know and i don't pretend to understand that but yeah overall i i'm conflicted about the show uh there i've there were problems for me um and there are things that i loved one of which you mentioned jake i loved the dwarfs uh yeah war of culture the the visuals the interactions Mm -hmm. really loved that probably is my high point for the show and um you know lest i be accused of being a tolkien purist like durin's wife disa is mm-hmm. like the best like she's awesome. awesome like she's, oh i love her oh, oh my gosh great and their dynamic is great like I, I loved all those things there's things that i loved less um but i'm what i am also is optimistic about future seasons it's not like a movie yeah. where it comes out and it's over it's right and i hope if the three of us wish this were true, were given five hundred million dollars and told to make a, a Tolkien adaptation, we'd get better at it as we did it more, right? Oh, like, for sure. Our, our season for two sure. would be better than our season one, and I think I'm confident that will happen with this show. And I'm obviously they're super aware of the criticism that's coming their way, and they know some of it's toxic, and they probably know that like, oh, some of this criticism's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's some, I have some storytelling issues and if you want me to get into it, I can, but there's a couple of things that are really big problems for me. Um, mm-hmm. But, but, but I watched it and I'll watch it again. And yeah. and I love that people love it. And I don't want to like spoil that for anyone. Like I, yeah, I'm excited. Course. Like that's cool. And I wish I loved it more. And the re like the reason I I'm passionate, right. Which is what they want. Right. So it's, it, I'm not, I'm surely not, um, dispassionate and like oh, i don't care i do care mm-hmm. so that's good I'm i think that's fair yeah i like that that's very fair well one of the things that i love you mentioned this at the very beginning marley you said that as you watched it you went out looking for answers and you started digging deeper into tolkien and you and for me any series or show that can get you into something that i love even more and even deeper like i'm all on board with that if it sparks you to say i want to know more about whatever and you go out and you research that, like, that's awesome. And I think that that is a great thing. So, can I can I tell you one of the things I, I had to look up? And then sure. it was on my mind, seriously, for the next, like, 24 hours. I had to know what the difference was between orcs and uruks or urukai. Okay. 
So I did like this full on like dive about it. Cause like my, my husband had like asked me, he's like, well, where's the, those guys look like Urukai. They look like, you know, and he was just kind of pointing things out and I'm like, but they're different sort of. And so I'm like, I'm going to look this up. <laughs> so it was kind of fun to like research it. And like the whole next day I was just like, someone else had mentioned like rings of power and I'm like, did you know? So it was just kind of like fun to just carry on the conversation <laughs> and share what I learned. <laughs> Uh, I do give the show really high marks. Actually, another one of my very favorite things is the way they kind of humanized the very bad elf, and the mm -hmm. way they made him say, "Like, hey, look, we're we're not what you think. Like, we we bleed too. We have feelings too. We're mm -hmm. not redeemable." I really like that. Yeah. Well, traditionally in in Tolkien and and what we've seen on film before, they're they're almost mindless the orcs yep. like they're just monsters yep and so mm -hmm. i do like that humanization that yeah you know from their point of view it's the elves that are monsters yep and i think that's neat and mm -hmm. if you ever read the silmarillion marley mm -hmm. you might imagine that elves are monsters that's true <laughs> they that's... do some awful 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 things in fact it's in the I show i believe it i believe yeah. it there's a there's a moment in the first episode this is one of the like times when I did a backflip in the living room, but oh, oh. <laughs> says she's like, Hey, Elrond, I've seen some things. And he's like, I saw some things too. And she's like, no, I've seen things. And they do a little flashback and, and it's underwater. There's a shot of a, like an elf floating underwater and it's all red. That is, that is at least I'm sure if the show doesn't claim it, I know it. It's from the Silmarillion. It's, mm -hmm. oh. it's when some elves killed elves, the kinslaying, at a place called Aqualande, which I always wanted to say on a podcast, so now I did. Um, but it's yes. super it cool. come true. That's what we do super here. Super cool that that's in the show. Like, it's gorgeously yeah. rendered, and they didn't make a scene of it. It's just like a flash, but, like, I was like, touchdown! Like, it was the coolest. Well, so, I think that's, that's one thing... I, I was going to say I really enjoyed the elves and the depiction of the elves in this because you mm -hmm. do get to see – because we kind of put elves on this pedestal of being like super good, super great all the time. And in this show, they're like super manipulative, super not good in a lot of ways in some of the things that they're doing. And I just feel like this show did a good job of nailing all of the different cultures that it showed for the most part. I think that we get a good taste of what the dwarves are like better than I think we've seen anywhere. Yeah. And we get a good mm -hmm. taste of what the elves are like. We get the orcs. It, the Harfoots were a little interesting for me, but, but we get a good, good taste of some of the other cultures. And I think that's really cool too. And the, and the men of the Southlands, like mm -hmm. that was interesting to see the kind of situation they're living in and, as that becomes Mordor at the end, spoilers. We're spoiling on this, so it's totally fine. I was gonna <gasps> ask that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. Well, and of course, did you already say the Numenorians? The new the Numenorians. Yeah, the Numenorians. Yeah. Like that was really like a really interesting part to see too, because we don't see that in the Lord of the Rings. I I think they've been mentioned. It was probably mentioned a couple of times, like the name. And then of course, you know, like with Aragorn's lineage and all of that, like, and so like, <laughs> I mean, Isildur is definitely mentioned in Lord of the Rings and well, yes. Yeah. So I have to say, so like the moment 
So like, yes, I did like this show from the very beginning. I was very excited about it. And I kept like watching, you know, for like little things that stood out to me to be like, oh, I know what that is. Oh, I know what that is. And as soon as I think the biggest, one of the biggest moments for me was when, um, I think it was episode three, might've been four when Galadriel is, um, she had been out on the water, her and Halbrand, and they're brought in by the Numenorians. And I don't know if it's at that point, but at some point, the guy, the captain of the ship, he's like, oh, I'm Elendil. And I'm like, I know that name. Oh my gosh. And so like, that was that moment that I'm like, I think I know kind of what's going to happen in this show now. Like it's, I understand kind of better what's going to happen here. And his son is Sealdor. And I had to like stop and explain it. Cause I was like, you don't understand. Like that guy is so important. And so I had to like nerd out a little bit and it was just like a really fun moment to, to hear those names, yeah. you know, just yeah. to hear anything that was familiar. So kind of like you, Larry, I did a backflip in my living room. <laughs> I was really excited when they mentioned Isildur and then we got to know him in the series and I was <gasps> less excited. <laughs> right? Like, it I, wasn't just me. I know I know that he gets a bad rap and and rightfully so for not destroying the ring, right? But he was a really good king. He was a really good noble and a warrior. individual. Like and I'm just not yeah. seeing it yet with this guy. He's got a lot of growing up to do before he gets there. Well, first they got to find him. Yeah, he's not dead. He, they'll find no, him. nobody, they no dead. You know he's not dead. Like Nobody, yeah. nobody, no dead. Well, plus, no, that'd be worse than Celeborn being dead. He's literally in the prologue of the Lord yeah. of the Rings movies. So, yeah. so deep spoilers, it's Isildur, Elendil. Uh, I'm forgetting some people. Oh, it's Elrond. And anyway, those guys... Like beat Sauron, yeah. Like in the show, in the movies, it's sort of like yes. lucky. Like, oh, he luckily just cut his fingers off. No, man, those guys, the most powerful people in Middle Earth, were like, we're gonna take on Sauron, and they do, mm-hmm. and yeah. they hold him down and cut the ring off his hand. I mean, yep. that's how. Well, I know we don't swear on this podcast. Uh, I don't know the. I'm trying to think of a different word. They're bad A's, man. Those guys. Uh, You can say badass. That one's fine. It's a big badass. (laughs) And anyway, those guys are cool. So yes, Jake has to be like one of the greatest humans walking planet Earth, Mm -hmm. Middle Earth. Yeah, I mean that's what he has to be. So, and I just have a hard time picturing that from a kid who's like shirking his responsibilities and like constantly like whining. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, Luke was also a whiner and he turned out okay, but come on. <laughs> they kicked him. They also kicked him out of the Naval Academy and then into the Navy. And I was like, what? That doesn't make yeah. any sense. But, but to clean up after the horses. I know, but yeah. Uh, His was probably my, the character that I had the hardest time with. Honestly, I can see that actually. Yeah, I, I've, I know there's been a lot of people that, that have not liked a lot of Galadriel's story, but I, I don't I have loved a huge hers. problem with it. I think that there are some things, but I, I don't have a huge problem with hers. Yeah, I thought she was fantastic. And that actress, she did such a good job. I thought it was super fascinating to actually learn some history of Galadriel. Because all you know in The Fellowship of the Ring is she's some just 
beautiful, long blonde, beautiful hair and the white dress. And she's an elf and she's obviously in charge, you know, and you're just like, and she basically, you know, gives gifts to all the fellowship and helps them along their way. And that's like all you really know about her. Except for, of course, that tiny glimpse when Frodo's like, you should take the ring. And she's like, me? You know, that whole, you guys know the scene I'm talking about. But which, in that finale of Rings of Power, did some of that sound familiar to you guys when she was talking to, you know who? We can say it was Sauron. Like, if okay. we're spoiling it, like, that's the biggest spoiler in the series, right? So far, is that yeah. Helbron was, was Sauron. Yeah. Although, but that whole scene, like, they're back and forth, man. I'm sorry if I'm, like, jumping ahead and I'm all over the place in this show. But there was just so many good, like, a lot of just really big moments for me, you know? And so, like, that that conversation between them, you know? And, like, it just sounded so familiar. Because she's we've heard her say it before. So, Larry, I know when we talked at Fan X, you mentioned the Mithril as an issue that you had with the series. Oh, I don't tell think that resolved that. itself. So, oh boy, I try to give you the really short version. I, Let's th- hear it. There's um, I, some of my big problems with the show. I can practically hear the writers' room saying, "We have to add more drama to certain scenes," and yeah, and I feel like it's. Uh, by the way, there's really good writers on the show, people I respect, uh, and and I am not like saying they're terrible humans, but I don't think they had a, as good a season one as they might have. And by the way, I people are always, well, who could have done it better? And I'm like, me, me, I could have done it better. <laughs> Pick me. And, and in this case, I think that's absolutely true, Larry. I think you could have done it better. Yeah. I, I do. Call, so, call I Larry. Do. I do love Numenor, by the way. Like, if if I if I was king, like that would be the center of the show. And I said yeah, that's beautiful. So I was yeah. delighted that it looks amazing and feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I've forgotten the question that you asked me, Jake. Oh, about the Mithril. It oh, didn't yeah. resolve itself. So, there, some of this has been resolved. A tiny bit of it, because first of all, Sauron's a shapeshifter, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not really beholden to a body. So mm-hmm. I hated episode two, if, especially if that wasn't Sauron on the raft, because it sure was convenient that a sea monster came along and killed everyone except Gladriel and Sauron. Mm-hmm. Right? But since it's Sauron, now it makes it can be okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Like all the, all that. Oh, isn't it convenient that there was just a raft in the middle? Well, yeah, because he's a Maiar and he, got it there and he did what he needed to do to get yeah yeah what he so, done so i'm kind of okay with that so with that sort of framework in mind the mithril is really cool in middle earth mm-hmm. and it's only found in khazad doom just like the show says it is but it has absolutely zero to do with like saving the elves or something uh... like, i find that so hokey like it's mm-hmm. like it's like really cool silver. It's not magic. And and not only that, but but Celebrimbor, who, if you don't know Marley or the audience doesn't know, he's the guy. Celebrimbor is the greatest elven smith that ever lived. He's yeah. the guy that helped make all the rings. All the rings. Yeah. I, I look from research, I figured I gathered all of that. Yeah. So so nerd part of me is like Celebrimbor, yeah. And then 
analytical part of me is like, why is Celebrimbor such a punk? Like, yeah. he has no honor. He lies to Elrond. He sends Elrond to lie to dwarves. He doesn't care about any of that. And it tur- and the mm. show is trying to justify it because he thinks the elves are all going to die. Then I'm saying, well, then why is he so dumb? Because he knows that's not true. And Mithril is not a cure for that and shouldn't have been. So mm, interesting. It's the show saying we've got to raise the stakes. We've got to make Elrond even more motivated to get Mithril. Well, like it just because it's the coolest metal on earth would be a good enough reason. It doesn't have to save the elves. And the elves shouldn't be like, our trees are dying. We only have till spring and we're dead. Like these are ancient. Like this is the second age. They're not about, yeah. they don't need anything by next spring. Um, so that felt very false to me. And then they just kind of let it go too. Like they didn't really follow through. They were just like, oh, we're done with that uh, moment of elevation of the show. So we'll just move on. And I guess it, yeah. that is true. Basically, basically, it became a device at that point to get that small piece into Elrond's hand so he could get it to Celebrimbor so that they could use it to make the rings. Like, that's what that whole story became by yeah. the end of season one. Mm-hmm. And if they don't revisit it, that's a sh- like, it's it's a shame. So I, the like, revisit part, that's what I'm saying. So the raft for me was super stupid right? unless... Unless that's Sauron, and it's Sauron, right? Yeah, it's, and, and not big that Gladriel decided to dive in the ocean and swim across the ocean. Like I'm still like, yeah, that part was, that part was <laughs> definitely jarring and weird. And yeah, just, like, how far away is she from any right. place? Like, right, and I'm sure somehow, like yeah, it's but... like somehow they needed to get them together and then to Numenor. But yeah, I, can, but... I can forgive a lot, so so I'm fine. So. So now we've seen Gilgalad or Gilgalad. I always say it wrong. It's Gilgalad and Celebrimbor be really stupid and mm-hmm. really without honor and contrived. And and this is how they can save that. In season two, we might find out that shape-shifting Sauron has been in their ear saying, hey, Gilgalad, the elves yeah. are dying. Look at these trees. We're all going to die. And so if mm. an evil influence behind some of the things they did, then I'm much more willing to be like, okay. And and I think I, might do that. I think that's the direction they're going to go because in the finale, when Celebrimbor is talking about, we've got to get, make these rings because we've got to have this power and the way he's describing it. And Elrond's like, these aren't your words. And it came from the influence of talking to Sauron, who was then yeah. Hellbrand, and and so I'm hoping that that's foreshadowing of something that's going to come, and we're going to find out how much because Sauron really, it, in what we know from the lore, Sauron was really driving the making of the rings and really behind a lot of that, mm-hmm. and so now we get to see that play out, um, and so I'm hoping the same thing. Like they do make some really dumb decisions, and I'm hoping that it comes out that they were. All of them deceived, if you will. Right. Well, right. And uh, so, a, a related, a tangent, but pretty related tangent is the three rings should have been made last. Yeah. And, and in secret from Sauron completely. Yeah. And maybe they were. And we might learn more about that in season two also. Because maybe they didn't have time to show us. But um, yeah. at this point, I, we know we know the third ring was made in secret because he it seems knew of the two rings that they were going to make and they decide we need to make three so that there's oh 
That right. is true. Yeah. So, so there so, could be some, at least some mystery still there. We're, I hope we see some flashbacks. We find out that Sauron, because he can change shape. He could be anyone mm-hmm. uh, and influencing those two guys. And, mm-hmm. but, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, can we talk about that reveal though? So I, I don't know about you guys. Maybe I'm just the one that, yeah, you know, I know probably know the least than you guys, but I did not have Halbrand pegged to Sauron. Oh. I, especially because in the last episode when the the cultists, I don't, I don't know what their t- term is, but the, the creepy people who were trying to find the stranger with the Harfoots, yeah. um, when they were like, oh, you're Sauron. And I'm like, that makes sense. You know, like it totally is like, yes, oh, wow. he is. He totally oh, wow. And then, and then they like switch it and they're like, oh wait, no, you're the other one. So, and then, and, but they don't ever say name. Yeah. And that's, and then, and then, and then you're like kind of left thinking, wait a second. And my sister of all people guessed it. Yeah. She like, even when the episode like first started and um, like before we even started watching the finale, she's like, you know what? Halbrand is kind of shady. I think there's something more to him. And then, and then as it got more and more and we found out and she's like, mm, I'm still not buying it. And then as we go on and she's like, we, I like fell off the couch. Like I was like, how were you right? Like <laughs> so, Marley, you and I went on a very <laughs> different journey in that family. <laughs> very, very different. So I suspected Hellbrand basically from the time he pulled her up on the raft like that was when i was like i think he might be sorry to be what? fair at this point anybody that showed up though i didn't know who they were i'm like that could be sauron and i so didn't I know really, who halbrand was but, though so that was my thing well he's no one he's, he's no one and well, that's guess, the thing yeah, that's is, he was he was a prominent character that came out of nowhere and i'm like he could and as the story went on and he became more and more prominent i'm like he's definitely sauron in my mind and the stranger i the minute he showed up, I was like, oh, that's one of the wizards. Oh, yeah. No, I, I and, think they all. And I know everybody that. went Gandalf. And if it's Gandalf, I'm not going to be happy. But I think it probably is going to be. Jake, uh, 100% Gandalf. Like, like. Did you hear him talk at the end? Like, you can. It, whatever I'm still you- holding out hope, okay? Because if it were me, if it were me, and it's not. But if it were me, I was going to say, let, we want to include the wizards. Mm-hmm. And we we don't want to draw on anything else. Go with the blue wizards that we only know their names, and that's it. And then it's really easy because nobody can say you did it wrong. I and, totally and if agree it's Gandalf, with you. They're too early. I totally agree with oh, you because oh. yeah, like can like because in the even in the beginning when he first like crash landed, you're kind of like Gandalf. Yeah. No. No. But, but, Gandalf, and then it kind of goes on, and they're they're still being really secretive about it because it, they want you to then think that he's Sauron, especially yeah. with the cultists. So, I I personally feel like they did a pretty good job of so kind of going when, through that when the cultists were like, "Oh Lord Sauron," my wife was sitting next to me while we were watching. And I said, "They're lying. She's lying. It's not Sauron." I said, "She's wrong." I said, "If that's Sauron, I will eat my hat at the end of the show." <laughs> And I did not have to eat my hat because I just like it was to me the way that they told the story. I thought it was too obvious and convenient for him to be mm-hmm. Sauron. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, the second they accused him of Sauron, I 
100% knew it was Halbrand. Like, that was like, okay. That yeah. You're it. like, well, it's not him. So yeah. it was that yeah. kind of year journey. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm actually glad to hear it was effective for you, Marley. I'm like, really am. And, and I, in fairness, I think you represent the audience better than I do. Right. Like loves Tolkien, but maybe hasn't like delved into stuff. Um, little, little. If I were in charge, I would have those reveals in like episode, was it just eight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's jip, man. We should have had 10. I, I think know. we, I think we get 10 and 12 down the road. I think um, so too. But I would not have based the season like hanging on those reveals. I just wouldn't have. I would have mm. I would have let the audience in early and be like, that's Sauron. And I would have had Sauron speaking poison into people's ears right in front of our faces. Ooh. And I probably had like 10 characters be Sauron because he's a shape changer. And I would have had him like, you know, kind of moving mm. the enemies all over Middle Earth. But, you know, clearly... Uh, I'm not in charge, so it doesn't matter what I would do. And, I, and and by the way, I have to be at peace. Like this is not my show. This is some other guy's show, and they're really smart guys, and they're creative, and women too, by the way, in that writers' room. Um, and I just have to mentally remind myself, dude, just because you have one thing, they have another thing. It's not wrong. It's just different, yeah. right? And it, and it is good to see people enjoying it. And I think it's fine to see, because here's the thing. If you don't, if people don't, and they're like, oh, I only like the movies and it's never going to compare to the movies. The movies didn't go away. They're still there and you're free to watch them. Like I've never understood this term hate watching so I can go on and then complain about the show. Like that's just a waste. That's eight hours of your life that you don't get back now because you had to hate watch this. So you could talk about it and tell everybody how horrible it is. That's so dumb. (laughs) Probably 16 hours for me. I might yeah, because you have to watch it twice, so you would be able to detail, tell people. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, Hellbrand was just suspicious from the beginning for me. I don't know why he just, and I think, mm. but what I thought was interesting was when he does reveal himself to Galadriel, and then he walks through everything that happened and made it all her fault that he was there making the rings. Oh my that gosh. was awesome. Yeah, like, I mean, awful like really yeah. awesome and very like you want to talk about somebody who's evil i think galadriel was doubting herself at that point like oh crap i have doomed the world yes that's oh me. yeah he's an evil guy yeah no that that whole part that whole scene like i was literally on the edge of my seat just because it's I mean, yeah, like everything was coming together finally. And like, yeah, sure. I, when Halbrand first showed up, like I wasn't suspicious, but I was curious. I was like, I don't know much about this guy. He claims to be the lost king of the Southlands. Obviously there's something that's going to happen with that. But it was also pretty obvious to me in the beginning that like the Southlands, I was like, yeah, I know what happens to Mordor and what it looks like. And it does not look like that. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, I'm like, I wonder what's going to happen here. Like maybe the Southland people are going to like migrate or, you know, maybe he has some other story to tell, you know? So like, I was just kind of, maybe I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, but. He is handsome. He, Okay. Along with that. Oh no. I was totally shipping him in Gladrail, And I think I still kind of do. No. They've, She's they've, married and he's not dead. But they had a moment for sure. I know. Moments. Yeah. <laughs> The clues are actually there. If you ever watch the game, Mark, 
the raft is one clue. Like it is awfully convenient that sea monster kills everyone, but then leaves. Well, and also, why was why was he even out on the sea in the first place? Was it well, to get to her? He, I think he was trying to get to Numenor for real. Oh, like that was his goal. And he he, I think he told Gladriel in that episode, like, yeah, I just wanted to go to Numenor. Like that was cool. And and he had a historically true to Tolkien, he had a huge influence in Numenor. Mm-hmm. I did read about that. Yeah. So he he was there poisoning mine. So cool. But while he was there, so I was like, the raft is a little suspicious. And then he's like, hey, everybody, I want to be your friend. And then he tried to be a like a apprentice to a, a I can't talk. A black yeah. 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 He was like, please, just let me make things. And so then I was like, well, that's. So so do you think yeah. that's, I mean, and, and is this true to Tolkien? Would, did he go to Numenor yes. in mm-hmm. hopes that they would make him a ring? Like the ring or some sort well, of power or something. I don't know if he was invested in making the rings with Numenor. He did that with the elves more. But right. I, so then why did he go to why in in Tolkien, like in the history of it, like why would did he want to go to Numenor then? So uh, I don't know how to give short answers is the problem. <laughs> he, he wanted so the Numenorians were like amazing, like the yeah. high mm-hmm. of humanity. And yes. there's even a point where um they show up like in middle earth, some new like highest humans. And he's like, I surrender. Like they're so great that he's like, he's not. So he was there to sort of talk them through their downfall. And And I, and I wouldn't be surprised. So you've got that one advisor guy who is kind of the, the one with the beard and he's kind of flax, flax, uh, phallic. Farazon. Yeah. Farazon. Yeah. 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 And I wouldn't be surprised if there's something we find out. It, like I'm hoping in season two, we start finding out where, where was Sauron sneaking around and shape shifting, like you said, oh. Larry, and planning his influence. Because I think that's one place where he was doing yes. it. I think we will see more with the elves where he was doing it. And this is all in Tolkien that that's what he was doing. It's not mm-hmm. detailed, but it's saying he went around like trying to deceive everybody. Yeah, he's. I mean, he was a master, master of deceit. Yeah. Yep. The only thing that, yeah, I think they played him very well with Hellbrand. I was so mad that they basically stole Aragorn's story and put it on him. Cause I'm like, if that's Sauron oh. and he's basically, they're playing him off like a wishless a version king. of Aragorn. Like, I mean, yeah. 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 You're the lost king. You're the rightful king, but you've lost your kingdom. Yeah. yeah. No, no one. Similar. No one can replace Aragorn, though. Well, Vigo exactly. Mortensen, come on. <laughs> really, truly amazing. Like, it's pretty great cinema. And yeah. by the way, let's not pretend that Tolkien was, like, completely adherent. Sorry. Start that sentence over. Let's not pretend Jackson was completely beholden he to Tolkien. Because far from it. Far from it. So, you know, like, not I, a fair I think that's an important point. I was thinking about that. As, as I was thinking about this episode and recording it um, because I should have been focusing on work. So I was thinking about this instead. Um, Naturally. One of the big complaints that came out when they showed <laughs> pictures of Diza for the first time and they're like, she has no beard. Dwarven women have beards. Like, where's her beard? And that was a big, big thing. Guess what? Guess who didn't have beards? It's true. Aragorn, no beard in the books. The Numenor, like the Duodane, no beards because of their elvish heritage. 
Mm. It's also not definitive in Tolkien, as I understand it, which I feel like I'm pretty solid on solid ground here. It's not like like definitive that dwarven women had beards. That is not actually a thing. It's a throwaway line that Gimli made joking with some people that yep. people have now been like, I'm a Tolkien expert and dwarven women have beards. And I don't think that's I don't think that's accurate. Plus, she had some little strands of hair at the side side of her chin. I'll tell you a problem. In the Hobbit, it does say in Tolkien that dwarves are not bald, and yet in the Hobbit we had bald dwarves, and it was okay. It was just mm -hmm. fine. That is true. And and this is what this comes to an important point. People only make those kind of complaints when they've convinced themselves that they're not going to enjoy something or they truly just didn't enjoy something. But if you enjoy it, then you're willing to overlook that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, Jackson leaves out a very important character from the books in the movies. There's no Tom Bombadil, right? Now yeah. I think that's Is that I a think, bad thing. Is that a good thing? I don't think so. I think for the movies that plays very well. I think it's the right thing. And I think he made the right call. However, I mean, he's a pretty, prominent character in middle earth like he's not yeah. nobody you know and so but jackson left him out and made that call and that doesn't bother people who love the movies but man if they did something like that in the rings of power then people will lose their minds could yeah i would have left him out also and yes i think uh, it was the right thing. i had some hope that the stranger might end up being bombadil although bombadil is much 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 older yeah, but I thought it would have been fun to have him be a, a like a Tom Bombadil. That was he, that was also a theory that I was bouncing around as well. It, but he wouldn't be important. Like he like even to the Hobbits, he's an incidental like side quest. He's not mm -hmm. really yeah. But it would be fun. Also, the Harfoots aren't important, so they're, and they're still in the show. So you know, yeah. I don't. I, they're again. They're a whole race that's just a device to get to the stranger. Like that's all they are. And and maybe Nori has a bigger role to play in uh, going forward. We'll see. But and and basically, weren't the Harfoots? I mean, is that a real like race? Yeah, in... they're barely mentioned. Like they probably. Uh... Existed. So the Silmarillion is is written by elves. That's the kind of the convention that Tolkien uses. Like this is the history of elves by elves. So yeah, they never wrote so long and boring. <laughs> yeah. So they wouldn't write about Harfoots like at all because they were just yeah. beneath their notice. They would they would never include Harfoots in their history. So they just aren't really interested or not listed or involved. But they maybe existed. So it's not like there couldn't have been them. But I know one hundred percent for sure that wandering nomadic people who who are hunters and gatherers don't have highly crafted tea kettles in their possession. That made no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Like it, oh. it's true. Some of their some of their furnishings. It's like, wait a second, where did they get that? Why do they have that? Like, Very weird choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought the Harfoots were definitely interesting, and I guess in my mind, I kind of, just to kind of have everything make sense. I kind of just viewed them as, I guess, a primitive version of the Hobbits. That's yeah. like like their ancestors. Like essentially, they you know, obviously we know that they're nomads, they're traveling around and then eventually they settle in the Shire. And cause especially with some of the names like Brandyfoot. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a Hobbit name that we all know. Yeah. Well, so, and, I and, and I, and I think, I think what it 
and this is the same reason why the stranger is going to end up being Gandalf, because I think somebody sat down and said, we have to have hobbits in here somewhere. Well, they don't really play a role. In, no, we have to have hobbits in here somewhere. Well, I guess we've got these hardfoots that perfect because we got to have hobbits in here. And I think that that's that. that's where it comes from. And which is fine. But I agree that the tea kettles and the furnishings and things like that, it was almost like instead of being primitive, they were more like hobbits that were now homeless and forced to wander around like they because mm. that's what a hobbit would do. Like your house is destroyed. You're going to grab everything you can that reminds you of the comforts of home and take it with you everywhere. And it's going to be super important to you. But like, if you're nomadic, you're not going to have that stuff to begin with. So I have a question for Marley because amen, Jake, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Oh, for sure. So, so you watched with your sister, right? Yeah. My, my husband and then my sister and brother-in-law for the finale. And so they're probably like casual, like people, right? Mm -hmm. I, I do think, it's possible. It certainly isn't for me, but I think for like casual viewers, they mm-hmm. needed to see hobbits. Like, is that true? Do you think? Uh, yes, actually. I actually definitively. Yes. Because like my sister, when we were, you know, all theorizing who we thought the stranger was, she wanted it from the beginning to be Gandalf. It needed to be Gandalf for her. Mm-hmm. Which is, and, and, and that's just, Gandalf. that's, Huh? Which is why it's going to end up being Gandalf. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that, that, that kind of, that realization hit me as well, especially given the finale and how everything happened. And, and I actually, I liked that still, like, even though I know I'm conflicted because I don't want it to be Gandalf. I'm kind of like you, Jake, in that regard. But then like just hearing him talk at the very end to Nori and just kind of that, the language that he was using and just his mannerisms, I was like, can't tell you know it just still like made you like oh you know i don't know it's just interesting i'm still holding out hope that they did that so i think that if you met if you met saruman before he lost his mind right before he turned to the Mm -hmm. dark side and the evil and all of that that he would remind you a lot of gandalf and i think if you sat down and talked to radagast he would remind you a lot of gandalf Mm. And so I'm hoping that they're doing that so that you're like, oh, you know, you're kind of feeling that way. And then they're going to say that it's not. And it's one of the blue wizards. But I know that it's not. The minute they said, this isn't Sauron, this is the other one, not one of the other ones. I was like, it's going to be Gandalf. And I know that it's somebody, it's somebody behind the scenes saying it's got to be Gandalf. Well, but we could, no, it needs to be Gandalf. And that's what they're going to do. But I mean, I'm I'm with you, Jake. If it were really cool, it would be Alatar and Palando. It would be one of those yeah. guys. But mm-hmm. and that's maybe someone said it. Then it couldn't be wrong because they're literally like a name. Yep. But it's Gandalf. And unlike you, Marley, when you went, oh, Gandalf, I threw the remote <laughs> at the floor. I was like, that line? You had to include that line from Gandalf to Pippin? From Fellowship? Yeah. You have to yeah. quote him 2,000 years ahead of time? I was so annoyed at that one. I, I could see that, though. That's that's the conflict I'm having inside, though, is because I'm like, but no, this isn't supposed to happen yet. Right. So it's, it's, well, it's conflict. And, and then again, to me, it's, the, it's who's the audience? Because there are mm. people who kind of need that. And, and it's also mm-hmm. my hope for, like, season two, like, I would walk in the writer's room and I would write on the wall, no more quotes from Lord of the Rings movies. And that's like rule number one of season two. Like never, 
can you quote those <laughs> movies again? But, yeah, but they will. They will. They will because they they want to try and get people to to notice and. But it's yeah. it to me it's the same. It, it's it's the same thing that Star Wars has been guilty of for a lot of years. There's yeah. a it, it's a big galaxy that Star Wars takes place in. There's a lot of stories to be told that are nothing to do with the Skywalkers. Yet all nine movies are tied in with the Skywalker family. And I think this is the same thing where there, there's a whole world of stories to be told in a middle galaxy, Earth. a galaxy for star Wars, for star Wars, a galaxy for middle earth, a whole world. And they're going to focus on the stuff that we're familiar with because they know that the diehard fans like Larry and like myself, we're going to sit and watch it. If nothing else. And I, and, Boy, that felt uncomfortable putting me in the diehard category with Larry. But even even the diehard fans that are going to hate watch it are still going to watch all five seasons. Mm-hmm. And so they know they've got us. Mm-hmm. They need to get the more casual fan that just has seen the movies, liked the movies, thought they were fun. And to do that, they need to throw in the names and the characters that they recognize so that they're like, okay, yep. I'm in. I yep. call it fan service. Yeah. I was going to just say that. I'm like, it was, it's, if that is Gandalf for sure, it's just fan service. Yeah. Well, yes, because again, he doesn't show up as Gandalf until the third age, and we're in the second age. Yeah, he's an ancient spirit for sure, but not not saying follow your nose. Um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. It's Toucan Sam. That's who it really is. <laughs> Shapeshifter, another one. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I would have made him Alatar for sure if I were can. Can I say yeah. all the things that I would do if I were king? Yes, I show? want to hear them. Uh-huh. So here's what I would do. Remember how in, you even mentioned it, Marley, like you were really into meeting Gladriel on a different level. Yeah. And, and I actually, like, oh, I, I respect that 100%. But remember how in Fellowship, like she was definitely kept at like arm's distance, right? Mm-hmm. Like she was this wow kind of being. And even mm-hmm. Elrond to some extent was that, although Elrond not as much. Yeah. And by the way, Elrond is the smartest show in the character. I mean, the smartest character in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to him. If you ever go watch season one, watch Elrond is the smartest guy. Yeah. Um, I would have focused just like they did Fellowship and Two Towers and Return of the King focused on humans or hobbits. Like that's the point of view of the story. Mm-hmm. And I would have done the same thing here. I would have focused on Numenor and humans experience. And we would meet Gladriel. But she would be like, whoa, she's a 2,000-year-old elf. And I would get to know her better, but still at a distance. Um, She is a great leader. It's cool that she's a good sword fighter, but I want to see her be a leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Like the most respected humans in our world. Well, maybe not the most respected. But like political leaders, right? Like that leader. So the Gladriel should be like that. She should be like diplomatic, wise, convinces people to follow her. That's the kind of thing. And she could kick some butt with swords too. But I would have, man, I would have focused hard on Numenor. There would not be a Harfoot anywhere. Elves would be these magnificent creatures walking around that are like a little bit, a little bit separated from the viewer. So like when we meet Celebrimbor, I want to see that dude doing some, Smithwork. Yeah. I want to be in mm. awe of his elven smithwork. And when I meet King Gil Galad, who I always call Gilgalad, 
it's really hard for me to break that habit. Um, mm -hmm. I want him to be like, you know, one step away from deity, basically. Like he's one of the greatest elves that ever lived. And I want to be yeah. like, oh, and I didn't get that. <laughs> no, no. he was a he, bumbling idiot. He was well, a little, he was forgettable. And and Caleb Rimbor, it's interesting. I, I still have a hard time picturing him smithing anything, even though we saw him smith a little bit in, but like, he's just, yeah. Yeah. He well, he could be a, the actor who played Elrond. Like they could be like father and son. They look exactly the same. It's true. It is true. Yeah. There was a there was a different Celebrimbor. This is a secret. That's not really a secret. But they fired that actor. Uh, they had him in and filmed pilots and sent him away. Oh. Oh my. Yeah. So I don't know what didn't work. And I I've heard. I actually have sources, friends, but I've, I, I, my sources dried up about, uh, about this time COVID started, but I had people in the production who were like, this is going to be the biggest disaster you've ever seen. And they shot those pilot episodes and then we're like, gosh, we got to do things differently. So they did. And Which COVID may have saved the series, right? It gave them time to, to yeah. work it. Interesting. Hmm. It that I, I like to hear stuff like that. Like it's too bad that it was such a disaster to begin with, but at least once they viewed it, they said, maybe we need to do it differently. We need to go back and change it. Cause a lot of times they'll just be like, well, it's good enough. Let's just throw it out there and, and we'll be fine. And Here's your inside info age of geek media. Um, boy. There were people working on the show. I, it's not the showrunners, and I don't think it was the writers, but I think there were a bunch of sort of higher level people who were like, I'm going to make my career on Lord of the Rings TV series. And rather than being like, let's make the very best thing we could possibly make. And so they got sort of those pilots out and they, there was a bunch of weird stuff with the production. Like they wouldn't tell the actors who they were going to be cast as only that they were in the show until they had a big reveal like on camera later so they could put it in BTS land. Like they did some weird stuff and it was militantly secret. Like not only can you not tell your mom, you can't even know like so weird kind of stuff, but it seems that got ironed out and the show got on course. Yeah. And that's why I'm also really optimistic that it's going to just get better. I hope yeah. it does. Yeah. And I think sure. that's, I think that's an important thing to remember with, uh, any series right the first season it's rare that you watch a first season of a show and you're like this is a masterpiece right from the beginning every season or every show that i like and that's a broad statement but a lot of shows that i like the first season you watch it you're like this is not the show that i love until season two or three and then it's okay now it's gotten its footing and, mm -hmm. and it's a lot better so i'm hoping that that continues with lord of the rings rings of power that it gets its footing more and more in season two it gets its identity um, and it gets better. There's, there's shows Agreed. like Breaking Bad, which were brilliant from the oh. moment the camera turned on, right? So good. Uh, Those but are so the exceptions, though. But but then there's shows like Game of Thrones, who, if I, I don't know if either of you are fans, but if you go rewatch am, yeah. one, like it's not as good as season mm -hmm. two or three or four, which seem to get better all the time. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I, well, and I even have like the same opinion, very similar opinion to House of the Dragon. I just finished that, and it's kind of the same thing where it's like that was a good, solid first season, but 
I'm excited to see, I'm very excited and optimistic to see where they're going to take this because if they left enough intrigue that you're like, this could be good. I just need to see it. I need to see it happen. How about that closing shot though? Ah, ah! I was like screaming. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved house of dragon and I feel like they learned a ton from the game of Thrones series. So they yes. sort of, piggybacked a little mm -hmm. like not the same but it's kind of the same mm -hmm. but, yeah but, but one thing i hate is people saying they're pitting there's like this fake contest between rings of power and house of dragon like there's no contest you can they're, like both of these or you can dislike either one of them it has nothing to do with the other one they're, they're two yeah they're, and, they're, and they are very they're both fantasy epic fantasy you could even say but they are both very different fantasy stories. Yes. Oh, completely. Tolkien completely. is a very different writer than Martin was. Mm -hmm. And their worlds are very different. Oh, yeah. I, and even, okay. even watching them, like, side by side, you know, episode by episode as they've been releasing, I've had no no problems. It's totally fine. You can, you can like both shows. It's fine. Um, <laughs> can I ask a childbirth question? Sure. House yeah. of Dragons. Uh, traumatized uh, me so badly with childbirth especially the i don't know what to call it the c-section one it's oof. maybe the worst thing i've ever seen on any show ever it was rough i'm like it was rough and honestly i'm planning a house of the dragon review for age of geek podcast so larry i might need to i might need to text you <laughs> man I, I, <laughs> I need I, some people to help me because uh, I, I'll, no one, I'll, not a lot of people have watched it. So I'm trying to gather some some guests to come and talk about House of the Dragon. I would happily help you. And if you don't want me on your screen, even I would I would feed you my notes if you want. Like I, pretty can I can I tell a story? Yes, of course. Uh, once upon a time. George Martin used to go to San Diego Comic-Con and I used to go to San Diego Comic-Con pretty frequently. And I had the opportunity because he wasn't that popular yet to bump into George Martin and chat just for a minute. And he, I even sent him an email and he replied like, like he could, he would try to reply to emails back then before he was a superstar. And I said, George, Mr. Martin, whatever I said, don't you think, uh, Game of Thrones would not really work as a movie, but it might work as a great HBO series or something like that. And he was like, yeah, like he clearly knew that was about to happen. And that's funny. Didn't tell me, uh, but he says not to me, but he says like Tolkien, uh, you know, in Japanese paintings, Mount Fuji is in every painting, whether it's horses or a chariot or boat. Right. That's Tolkien for him. Like, no matter what fantasy you write, Tolkien's, like, in the background in Mount yep. Fuji. And so very much what he's writing is sort of like his reply to Tolkien because yep. mm -hmm. he looms that big in the fantasy universe. And so yeah. part of his reason, like, I'm going to kill everybody is because it's like, well, okay, you could bring Gandalf back, but I'm going to kill everybody. That's sort of his yeah. like response to that. But Yes, like both of the shows. And yeah. we might live in like the richest fantasy, not might, we live in the richest fantasy television offering period ever. Golden yeah. age of TV. I'm here for it. Well, it, it, yeah, golden age of TV and specifically fantasy. Like when you think about it, it 
I mean, prior to Lord of the Rings, there wasn't a lot of high budget, high quality fantasy content you, out there. Are you dissing the 1999 Dungeons and Dragons movie, Jake? I absolutely am. And without hesitation, like no problem. <laughs> so terrible. But but Lord of the Rings was the was really the first time that studios and that's what it really comes down to. A big studio has to see the value in it. And that was the first time that they said there's enough value here to invest in it. And then they saw the returns and everybody said, now we got to go find our Lord of the Rings. And, you know, without the success that Lord of the Rings was, there wouldn't be a Game of Thrones HBO series and there wouldn't be what we've got today. Um, And so, yeah, I think comparing it to the Mount Fuji that's in every Japanese picture like that is kind of where it belongs in a lot of ways because Mm -hmm. fantasy books are the same way. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so true. There's always that influence. Without a doubt, uh, if no Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, probably no Harry Potter. Harry Potter, yeah. Right. And then, and when books were cool for a minute again, and then um, definitely no Game of Thrones on HBO, no chance. And if not Game of Thrones on HBO, probably not Rings of Power on Amazon. So all these things led, and now yeah. we have them all. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and Wheel of Time is in there now, the Wheel of Time series right. on Amazon. Um yeah, I liked, I liked Wolf Time. I'm on the right for the series. Um, thumbs up. Yeah, I I've, I've there read it. You, and I've I've Don't read the series. Awesome. I've read the series. It's really great. And yes, the the television series was different in a lot of ways. But there's no way you're going to put that 14 book series beat for beat in any kind of visual media without cutting some stuff out. Nor should you. Nor yeah, should. exactly. Yep. So, um, but anyway. Well, there you go. There are our thoughts on Rings of Power. I, I know we, to... I know we have more, but we probably need to <laughs> end at some point, right? <laughs> Sorry, I talked so much. No, no, no I is, talked a lot too. Jake this has been a lot. lot of fun. I, I've been excited for this episode to talk and and nerd out about this a little bit, um, just because I, I know a couple of people that have watched it. I mean, I, a lot of people watch it. I think it was successful, but, um. I have different groups of friends that I can talk about stuff. And this is same. This has been a, a, a good <laughs> conversation for me. So um, for you sure. can me find too. us anywhere. Age of geek. Uh, we are age of geek.com. You can find us anywhere. You listen to podcasts um, and you can find our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that. The more subscribers we have, well, the better it is for us and for you. What's that, Larry? I'll go subscribe right now. Yay. Thanks. We're growing already. Um, you can also join our discord server. We have some great conversations that go on there. Uh, and we would love to have anybody there. That's any kind of geek. We always say all geeks welcome on age of geek. Um, Larry, where can they find your podcast when it drops? Oh, it's, uh, it's with KSL podcasts actually. So, um, (laughs) clearly not me, but the folks who launched like cold, which just Mm -hmm. won an award for season two for like best podcast in the universe. Um, like seriously, <laughs> it just won like the big award. But they—that's what I pitched the idea to, and they were like, mm, "Okay." And so I'm like, "Okay, good." So that's so KSL podcasts, and Excellent. it's called Middle Earth Musings, and like just days away. Like we're so close to being two episodes, and then Richard Taylor, like, yeah, yay! And, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited, so excited to hear it. Add that in my rotation. I'll put it in. You know. Listen to it right after the friendship onion each week. That's my goal. Oh. So 
but thank you, Larry, for being here and talking about Lord of the Rings with us. Uh, Rings of Power. It's a, it's it's an opening season. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed by many, uh, and I'm hoping for big improvements in season two. And yes, agreed. If the strangers Gandalf, I'm going to be mad and probably throw my remote too. I'm I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up hope. That's all I've got. <laughs> hope well, is a dangerous thing that I learned in Shawshank Redemption. That's right. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Thanks, Marley. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you. See you all later. This has been an Age of Geek media production.